if you see a wallet address anywhere in the wild, I'm not doing a good enough job. Welcome to Delegate. I'm Cameron O'Donnell, a DAO governance strategist. And I'm Lawrence Smith, a DeFi and DAO token builder. Powered by Boardroom. Shout out to our sponsor, Boardroom, for providing us with support, data, and governance intelligence, helping us to complete this episode. Boardroom is a governance platform connecting voters and developers to hundreds of DAOs, helping them make faster, smarter, and more informed decisions while shaping the future of the protocols that they own. You can access your dashboard to claim your governor card on boardroom.io and start tracking unlimited wallets and projects by signing up. Make sure to receive their weekly governance recaps by signing up for the newsletter and subscribing to this podcast. This week, we dive deep into the world of namespaces, identity, and DAOs. We're joined with Alex Slobo, an ENS steward, also known by his handle slobo.e, to discuss some of the latest and greatest around ENS, his startup, Namestone, and what a future world of namespaces and identity might just look like across DAOs, governance, AI, and the general Web3 world. We'll jump right into it with Alex. I'm Alex Slobodnik. My Web3 name is Slobo, Slobo.e. That is how I got here. You know, I was in fintech and marketing for over a decade and kept an eye on crypto just because that was the tech that was really popular and really important. But it took time for it to really click. And it was ENS that really pulled me in. Having that portable identity, that non-financial use case, and the dream of being able to go anywhere and carry your identity with you and not having it in someone else's control and not having, you know, gamer one, two, three and gamer two, three, four, because somebody front ran me on my registration because they were born five years before me. So ENS was the thing. I'm like, oh, this is the future. Like the user experience of crypto is better with ENS. And it made me want to build on it. And that's how I started doing all the different things that I'm doing, which I can launch into next if you have any questions on my background, though. I think one of the really interesting pieces is how you got into crypto, which is through this realm of identity and namespaces, this really awesome, interesting problem that we're still trying to solve from my side and from Lawrence's side. You know, often we're working on projects around identity and around namespaces. And how do you build those bridges to onboarding the next 100 million, 500 million, or billion users? And, and with that being said, a few things that, that stood out there was you mentioned ENS. I, I myself am also an ENS maxi. I've been following them for years now. Can you talk a little bit about the stuff you do there as a Dow steward and some of the latest and greatest? Absolutely. So yeah, I, I love ENS because like I wouldn't be here without it not only from like a big picture understanding of crypto, but also from how welcoming that community has been to me. I went from just the person who registered slow without ETH to someone who would try to answer questions in the Discord to then someone coming up to me and say, hey, hey, we're doing this DAO thing. Do you want to apply to be a steward? And I'm like, 
okay, I'm not really sure what a steward does. What, what, what is this all about? My friends are like, are you a moderator of the discord? Is that what a steward does? And I'm like, no. And so anyways, the story is someone asked me to apply to be a steward. I was very fortunate to be elected as a steward and then selected as a lead steward. So what does a steward actually do for ENS? We get a budget that we ourselves request from the DAO that gets voted on on chain. And then we as stewards get to distribute those funds in the way that we believe is best for the ENS ecosystem. That might look like showing some builder creates a leaderboard and we throw them in ETH or someone creates a novel use case that is open source and available for others to build on. We'll throw them a $10,000 grand uh, grant. We've had uh, people receive $50,000 grants or $100,000 grants. For example, we support ETH.Limo, which is a big proponent of the decentralized web. We're probably supporting them to the tune of about 100000 plus per term just because, you know, Vitalik himself uses Vitalik.ETH.Limo. It's such a clear use case. And there's all this revenue coming from registrations of names. So for those that aren't familiar with ENS, if you register a five-letter name, costs $5 a year. If you register four, it's 160 And if you register three, it's 640 It'll be really funny if I mess up the numbers. And <laughs> But the best part is the registration fees are actually the second goal, right? It's not, a, it's not a money prioritized business. It is meant to drive the adoption. And the only reason there are fees, or the main reason there are fees, is that it's important that names are used. And one way to do that is to put this annual fee on it to make sure that people aren't just sitting on them, right? Just like how you have property taxes in different areas of the country. And if you're not utilizing an asset, maybe that asset is better handed off to somebody else. So you started with what is the latest and greatest at ENS? Well, in March of this year, we released the name wrapper. And I say we, I want to say that's ENS Labs, which is also funded by the DAO. And they also remapped their app manager. And the future for ENS, and they've been talking about this, and we're all excited about, is layer twos. And so those are the big picture things that is the past, this is the future, and this is where we're going. But yeah, happy happy to hear questions. Absolutely love that backstory. Look, at the end of the day, ENS does shine not only as a DAO, as an organization, as a protocol, ENS Labs, just the amazing work that's done out of that, out of that camp. Let's talk a little bit about the name wrapper, and then this should flow pretty nicely into some of your side projects that you're working on and some of the traction that they're getting as well. I think overall, this is a great example of how you can be involved within a protocol and a DAO and help them grow and then find value within an ecosystem to then also grow new protocols and to help develop that ecosystem further. So, so let, let's talk a little bit about the name wrapper subdomains. If you can give some of our listeners an overview who may not be familiar with some of those developments, we'd love to hear them. Yep. And I'll start with ENS is basically gets you a human readable name for your Ethereum address. And for those that don't know, <coughs> the Ethereum name service logo is actually this circle or like circular thing that takes the edges off the logo of Ethereum, which I don't know. If, oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's good when the mics peak. 
And, and so it just makes everything much easier for people, right? You want to send money to slow.eth versus OX. And for those that might not be aware, base names are uh, ERC721, right? They're NFTs. And the name wrapper actually changes them to 1155s. And what that allows is the creation of subdomains that are fully trustless and tradable. So if you own game.eth, you could have diablo.game.eth, and that could be a separate asset that is tradable, fungible, and fully trustless. That is the big power of name wrapper, that you can basically now have these subdomains that could be monetized. There was a big project with someone who owns email.eth, who's giving away or selling subdomains, and name wrapper has made that all possible. So for high value subdomains, name wrapper allows people to monetize these assets in so many different ways that I don't want to even list it, but I encourage people to check it out. So that's one side of it. That's a name wrapper. What I'm doing and what Namestone is focused on is the only drawback to name wrapper, as often is the case in life, is that it costs money. And sometimes you need hundreds, thousands, or even hundreds of thousands of names and you want to give them, you know, like the, the consumer experience, people expect their username to be free inside of an app. And if it's costing you one to $2 to mint and you want to have a million users, that's cost prohibitive for you to start something. So Namestone basically created a mechanism using CCIP read that is able to provide gasless subdomains. And we've seen so many usage, the most common or the most popular uses of this, they're not using our technology, but they're built on the same thing, is Coinbase. Coinbase issued cb.id, and it gives usernames to anyone who wants them in their wallet. And that's such a much better experience for Coinbase and their users, which is also built on ENS. Because now when you're sending money from your, you know, from your trusted MetaMask, because that's what everybody uses, to Coinbase, the Coinbase wallet, you can send it to, like my name is... <laughs> I'm doxing myself, but it's more embarrassing what the name I chose for uh, CBD ideas. My name is tempnamenow.cbe.id. But I have that. So if I want to transfer some money, experience or chat functionality they recently launched with XMTP, I can do that without having to know yet another address storing somewhere in some Google Doc. What our product and name zone does is it lets anyone do what Coinbase did for a commercial over at ANS, so many thought leaders. So things that I'm a big fan of that's come out from there is governance minimization, right? Like the best governance should be the least amount of decisions that you have to make publicly, right? These things should be autonomously set up. Maybe there's governance involving the setup. But you guys are also really deep in, I followed your small grants rounds and like, I just absolutely love those. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the proposals that are coming around ENS, some of the things that the community is excited about. I know we mentioned L2s, you know, cross-chain resolution, but if we could talk a little bit more about the DAO and some of the things we see in the forum. The thing is that this term in talking about DAO mineralization is normally we request a budget twice a year, right? That requires non-chain both, a transfer of, let's call it a one to $2 million dollars. But this term, we as stewards, and there's nine of us managing three different work groups, realize that, you know what, we have enough money because just because we request something doesn't mean we're going to spend it because we're individuals where, and maybe I should take a step back. The reason stewards even exist 
is that we have these working groups that the stewards, of which I'm one, is able to make these smaller decisions so that delegates don't have to spend their attention. And all the delegates really need to do is to give us budget and then evaluate, hey, are we spending this money well? And in, in this case, we have money left over because there wasn't enough things to fund that we deemed worthy. So instead of like requesting more money, we're just like, hey, we'll just spend what we have. And if we need more, we'll request it at the appropriate time. And the structure of the working groups is what's allowed it. In terms of what's coming, gasless DNS import, that's going to be huge. And again, you'll kind of note these same things. When gas is low, that's $200. When gas is high, that's $1,000, right? Gasless DNS import is exactly what it says. It means it's free. That means all of a sudden, all these brands like Google.com or something else can be imported cost-free into our namespace. That's why like, I'm so bullish on DNS is because it works well with all the namespaces and it's not trying to be something else. It lets you import. And there's no protocol fee. I think that's the thing that blows people's minds is that you can import Google.com. And once we solve the, the gas problem, there's no protocol fee associated with it, right? That's just a feature that ENS offers. So that's what I'm most excited about having, like we recently released, or we being the global ENS, have a in-process layer two resolver that was created by the DM3 team that the ENS ecosystem working group that I'm part of was able to support them with a grant that is going to be going through some audits in the future. And that's the precursor that's going to allow names to really become transferable, workable. I'm purposely being vague because there's a lot of technical details and I don't want to misspeak on layer twos. That is what everybody's excited about. And then last but not least, we look a year down the line, maybe a year and a half. I don't really, I personally don't know the timeline, so I'm just spe- speculating. At some point, there's going to be features of that name wrapper that's going to go on layer two. And that's, that's going to be potentially game changing because yeah, like you're going to be able to have sovereignty over this on a layer two. We probably have to wait a little bit, but that's what I'm excited yeah. about. There, there's lots of interesting use cases you know, and, and one of the big ones is communities. So I want to jump back into Namestone, which is your product for providing gasless subdomains. would love to hear some of the traction you've recently had on, on integrating Namestone. You know, there's, there's always excitement on it, especially on Twitter within these communities. And so, yeah, if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so the thing is that Everything needs a name. So the surface area of naming stuff is so big. You don't even realize how big it is. My favorite uh, story or one of our, the clients that we work with is Wasis.eth, which is an NFT project. And, you know, it's a fun, fun little NFT project. And everybody wants this shared identity, right? And they might already have an ENS name. That's great. But now if you are a Wasi holder, you can claim one name for Wasis. So you can be Tim.Wasis.eth. And the way it's set up, if we want to, that name can go away if you trade that away. And you can do all these things. Because one thing I want to mention is, let's say you want to use subdomains internally, you probably don't want them to be fully trustless. Because as an organization, employees come, employees go, things change. Or even if you're like a wallet provider, you might not necessarily want it to be trustless because you don't know 
how you're going to have these brand safety issues, right? You might not want certain names associated with Wasis or Coinbase or MetaMask, right? You want to have some control, but you still want your data to be legible and being able to interact with it. So Wasis use us, which is pretty cool. I've been having lots of conversations with DAOs where they have a, dozens of contributors and then they have these spreadsheets of addresses. And the ones that are repeated, they sometimes don't, you don't want necessarily all your money to flow into a single address. So you want to rotate it because, you know, if, if you're being paid, you might not be comfortable with that much transparency. And I don't fault anyone, right? That's, that's your private business. So one way to handle that is to rotate your addresses. But if you're using addresses, you have to give whoever's paying you a new address every time. Wouldn't it be great if you just said, hey, I'm bob.dow.eth. You're always that. And then you change the address on the back end. And then they're just sending payments and using ENS as the routing mechanism. So that's another way where a lot of people have been pretty excited or DAOs have been excited to use our service because it lets them, you know, offer pseudo privacy. Obviously everything's still on chain, yeah. but then it's not linked. It lets people rotate and it makes the administration easier. And, and again, these are all emerging use cases and I'm constantly surprised. A quick question. And I had a look into Namestone earlier today and uh, yesterday as well. And it, it seems like a really cool product. I guess. One of my main questions is around the anonymity side of things and, and how does it really enforce that? And are you seeing, I guess, what sort of organizations are you seeing? Is it strictly DAOs or is this actually applicable to a broader, any company in the world who could effectively use this for their payrolls and so on? Yeah. So I think like the number one clients that I'm talking to are wallets, right? Because they all want that CB.ID functionality. And not everybody in the space have the financial resources of Coinbase because I think Coinbase spent six months, maybe 12 months. I'm guessing I don't have, I don't have a factual statement here, but they, they spent a lot of engineering hours to get this to work because they didn't have a smooth API that they can just call and start generating these names. So I think wallets is one really large target segment that I'm pursuing. So if you're listening to this and you're a wallet, please reach out to me. I'm, I'm happy to support you and give you a playground. The other one is exchanges. And I don't think I've relayed this story to you, Cam, but I move, I move money, I move money around. And so like there's wallets and exchanges, they're different, right? But you would still want to be able to send money to your name rather than an address that keeps rotating. Because to me, like to this day, when I send money to Coinbase, not the wallet, but to my Coinbase account, I get so nervous because like, do I send a dollar first? Because that's what you're supposed to. So now I'm like double paying fees and everybody in Ethereum love fees. And whereas it would be really nice if it was just something like, give me a temporary address. Say it's like, you know, usdc.slobo.whatever. I would love that because it would make that experience better because now I'm, I'm still copying, pasting addresses in this day and age. And we all know that like, I don't, that's just scary. It's just scary to me. So that's, that's another use case. And then the DAOs and all this Web3 native stuff I think surprising that's been a little bit harder to sell because so many of them have ENS names and now you have to explain why you need multiple. This is the, the conversation Cam and I were talking about. There's 8 billion people in the world. Not everybody like mathematically can even have a .eth because every name that is a .eth is on chain and it takes up this valuable block space. So you need off chain or layer two names to be able to give name, to be able to give out 8 billion names. And not only that, 
I'm sure Cam has more than one because I have more than one identity. Like I have my gamer tag. I have my DGen tag, which I claim that no one knows, but probably everybody knows. <laughs> and so if you want to give away 10 names for 8 billion people, that's 80 billion. Even if it was only $5, most people in the world can't, yeah. are not in a position to afford, and I'm ignoring the fees here, right? Aren't in a position to spend $10 a year on a name, which is almost like a basic right. Everybody should have at least one or two or three identities. And obviously I'm biased because I think you should name all the things. If I could name the microphone, I would. <laughs> like, you know, Mike, that's slow with that. Eat, that is, that is my, my yeah. mind. So going back is that is, that is where the use cases, the DAOs are, they like the rotation. They like the, the privacy perspective of where you have the same name from an administrative perspective, but the user can now change the address at will. And that's, that's a very nice feature there. I yeah. think one of the, one of the things that springs to mind, especially when you said about 8 billion people and onboarding all of those and, and having their own name on, on chain is the idea of AI needing crypto rails to effectively enable payment because these AI bodies can't use bank accounts or, or all of these things that require KYC measures. And so I can actually see like a, a really big synergy there as we start getting AI bots having their own wallets and transacting value and downloading the content that they need to fuel them. So I think you've, you've got another huge customer base effectively in, in the world of AI bot over the next five, 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually forgot about that. I was on a call a few days ago. We were talking about this, the ability to categorize your agents. If you have any actors within the AI realm, it's absolutely true. Like a, like an entire bot network, right? I think I'm sitting on something like 40 different names across multiple different <laughs> wallets. It's like a great Web3 native thing. You know what? One other thing that we see a lot of applicability for and a lot of success actually when doing this is if we focus specifically on the governance realm, we have delegates and delegates are receiving, you know, millions of dollars worth of votes. And, you know, how do you easily identify a delegate? How do you look at their profile? How do you do all these things? The easiest way to do that is through a namespace. When working with onboarding different delegates to new ecosystems, one of the first things that we do with them is we go and we acquire some level of an Ethereum namespace, right? I would love to see subdomains work their way in for these delegates. I think that is just a wonderful way to categorize these things and to organize delegates, this topic of delegate management. Would love to hear if you had any any thoughts on that or... Yeah, actually, so what might not be aware, there's this fully, the first fully on-chain traditional DNS name system is coming to ENS in September. It's dot box, right? Yep. And the team behind it, it's, it's a for-profit company that's just basically built on top of ENS where, you know, owning, you know, my dot box or drop dot box on the traditional DNS, you know, kind of like a dot box is like a dot com dot net for those that might not be familiar, but all of those are going to be traded or tradable on the blockchain. That's the innovation there and fully compliant with ENS. And the team behind it said, Hey, we're going to reserve some of the most valuable names. And I told them they should reserve ballot dot box and give it to some company that really wants to attack governance. Right. Yep. Because one thing that I've been talking to a lot of folks like the Agora, the Agora team 
we're all trying to solve the problem of I have a bunch of votes delegated and I'm a really active community member today, but my life might change. And then I have all this responsibility and I, I might not want it at that point. And there's no way for me to re-delegate. And I think there's multiple companies working on this where, where you can delegate and then they're like liquid and you can either give them back or re-delegate them. But the nuance here is you're going to give those votes to a smart contract. That smart contract is going to need to have a name. Or I mean, it doesn't need to have a name, but it's just so much better that now there's some kind of association with it. So those are the conversations I'm having with the people that are generating these smart contract delegation wallets, holder things, I don't know how to call it. And then we name them. And that's the exciting way where you get that legibility because you've seen this before. In ENS, everybody votes and they all have ENS names. But you go to a different governance DAO, they might not have it. Why not give them a name to better identify them, even for their own management? Like I use steward.slow.eth for all my steward related. That's just simple Exactly. I don't know. It's like hygiene, you know, it's like hygiene that we haven't discovered yet for Web3. You obviously want to name all your wallets, even if they're semi-private just for yourself, just so you can manage it. Why wouldn't you do it for all the people who vote? It is and will likely always be some level of like an opt-in. If you're concerned with privacy or global namespaces, again, right? Like you have this optionality. The other thing that's really interesting that you said, I feel like we always are talking about Agora just a, a rock star team, Charlie and the team over there. And so thinking about re-delegation or even thinking about multiple wallet delegation, like it, it cannot be easy for these organizations to delegate out to 30 or 40 different places, you know, and keep track of it, frankly, and most likely in a spreadsheet, even these niche problems and knowing that, you know, these conversations are being had and there, there are potential solutions very encouraging, I think, to move forward the governance space and the DAO space. The way I look at it, anytime you see a wallet anywhere, there's usually some kind of human component to it. That's why Etherscan, you have to manually enter, but now you're giving the data to Etherscan. Great product, but wouldn't it be better if it was legible everywhere and not just just on Etherscan and yeah. wasn't collecting that data or if that data was more accessible that, that's what I'm excited about. Like I go through Web3 and I constantly see, oh, like this is a great product. Like I like Paragraph, for example, which yeah. is a fairly new newsletter product. And I love to see them to incorporate more ENS functionality because then you can name things and it can just have that beautiful relationship. And the last thing I want to mention to people who might not be aware, you can import any name into ENS from the traditional world. Like you can import, you know, we're recording this on riverside.fm. So let's say that company wanted to create names. It can import Riverside.fm and then you can give out subdomains in with the context of a .fm, but it would still be fully ENS compliant. That like usually blows people's minds when I tell them because they all think it's .e. No, it's so much more. And I can guarantee you, here's an interesting statistic. There's 2.7 million .e names, roughly. Yep. Coinbase alone has issued over 2 million. So if you add 2 plus 2.7, that's 4.7 million. That means that something like 40% of all ENS names are actually off-chain names. I think in the future, it will be like 99.9%. Yeah. They're using this trustless protocol as the backend. That's the value. 
And the more invisible it becomes, the better it is. Because it's not about having the name out. It's about people getting real utility from the thing, the thing that we're all supposed to be doing. So much of us can get a little bit distracted. This is absolute ENS alpha that you could find on the forums or just being involved in the community. I mean, just such great things coming. And I really want to highlight some of the work that ENS Labs does in an absolute all-star team over there. I've actually worked with some of the ENS contracts, more specifically with the name wrapper, deploying proxies and playing around with seeing how folks can actually leverage subdomains within communities. How can they mint, leverage, and utilize subdomains at a contract level? would love to hear some of your thoughts on the technicals behind these contracts. Well, and the other thing that's kind of fun that I ask people, everybody talks about ENS as this one thing, but it's actually a collection of 10 plus contracts just on the core protocol level. And there's another like handful of contracts on the DAO and governance level. Yeah. And I think, you know, some people in the community might want things to move faster. And I think if you have like the mental model that is just this one contract where you flip a switch and everything works. I could see why people think it's like, oh, it's not moving fast enough. However, when you have 10 contracts and all of them are interacting with each other in subtle ways, and some of them are affecting names, which is, you know, it's not quite DeFi, but in a way it's almost more important because it's your identity that that can be compromised. So sometimes doing it correctly at the appropriate speed is more important than trying to rush it out. And that's what like I really respect about the ENS Labs team is that they try so hard to understand and kind of gigabrain think about the interactions, right? Like I don't know what the factorial of 10 is off the top of my head, but all of those things are starting to multiply and you have to be very careful because you don't want to hurt anything that's come before. And that's why naming things is actually harder than it might appear to people from the outside who aren't as familiar with namespaces. <laughs> and the complexity that comes from that. I'll tell you, I've, I've spent many long nights on the, with those contracts. They are, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's absolutely great. From technical aspects to even implementations and social aspects, ENS has always been a leader with leveraging namespaces. And I want to touch upon the DAO and the community over at ENS. So I know we hit that a little bit, uh, but... Do you see that the participants in the DAO over at ENS, you know, are they all namespace forward? Do a majority of them actually leverage it within their interactions and their day-to-day? I think the people who are active obviously use ENS and they try to figure out all the different ways that you can, you know, because they're experimenting, right? Like a lot of people, a lot of the subdomain culture that's coming from, it's coming from the active contributors because if you're living it, you just want to play with it. I think, Cam, you might find this particularly interesting. So today we're naming things, but the goal, the, the real goal is how do we actually onboard, you know, a hundred million people, right? Everybody has emails and you have these products out there, which are wallet as a service. So people are already beginning to solve those things. So I think the ideal product to bring a web two company into the web three space is somebody who has an MPC wallet or like a, a wallet that can be generated through some traditional metrics that also has a name. And then on top of that, you get some kind of polygon or optimism NFT. So now you got that avatar, you got that wallet, and you got that name. The underlying technology of it is, you know, maybe there's a PO app thrown in there as well. 
And the online <laughs> technology, that's where I'm going because in the end, I see some of these more web 2.5 companies being the ones that I want to serve once I'm able to give them, if it makes sense from a business perspective, that not only am I giving them the names, but I'm giving them the wallets to be able to seamlessly integrate it and actually bring the benefits of crypto to their communities while minimizing the amount of knowledge that is required for that entity. So if you're a gaming company, you just, you don't need to understand, you don't need to know the details. Here's an API, right? Because that's how traditional web two works. Here's an API. I don't need to understand all the intricacies. I just want that wallet. I want that functionality. I, I think this is not talked enough about in crypto, but I thought what Reddit did with their Polygon NFTs and how they rebranded wallets to bolts and everybody was trading them and no one was talking about that they're NFTs because they were actually getting that end state utility. And that's, that's how we get, you know, the next half a billion people. Not through, you know, like I wish everybody cared about the same values that probably all of us encompass. That's unlikely to happen. We have to give them something that is fun, that is easy, and that is invisible. And it needs to be that easy and that simple. And it's for the technologists to actually make it easy, to make that UX the thing that we all are striving for. And I I really hope to be there. So that's the future vision is I want to be the enablement layer for these Web2 companies, because I'll tell you, there are more Web2 companies that need Web3 than Web3 companies need Web3 help. I couldn't agree yep. more. Unlike Parnassus, that is a vision I, I really get behind because I feel the big problem with crypto is that everything is so technical and everything is very geared towards people who really love this stuff and want to learn more about it from a technical perspective rather than just being an easy to use value add in your life. And I actually think this is a, a really good step towards simplifying Web3 and actually making it usable for the, the average person. Slobo, I do see that we are coming up on time here. I would love to let you have a little call to action here. I think this is very unique from your perspective because we can do a call to action from the ENS side as you are a representative, as a steward, and also from the namestone side uh, then we'll move on you know we'll grab your socials twitter bios and anything else that we can potentially link up in the show notes yeah so my call to action for people who haven't used or explored ens please go to ens.domains get yourself a name if you have problems let me know there's a helpful discord team that's standing by to you know get you that name and we also have several people just like cam said who are fairing names, right? ENS Fairy is a way to people to gift names. And we give names, you know, to the right projects, to the right people, because we're so passionate. And it's all coming out of mostly personal funds. So that's that's that. If you if you want to go to the next level and you want to get involved, go to the forum and start engaging in governance. If you have a valuable perspective on naming things or you have a lot of experience in the DNS world, could be smart contract developer. There's so many things that we need to build, especially as it comes to bridges. I know it's supposed to be short. So that's my kind of call to action for ENS. For Namestone, you will be surprised how almost any company or product can use subdomains. And I would love to tell you about it. And the best way to find out is go to namestone.xyz, follow Namestone HQ on Twitter, and follow me, Alex Slobodnik, on Twitter. And I try to tweet about it. I try to talk about it. And I'm always happy to give you time to explain the benefits. I am an evangelist because 
Uh, if you see a wallet address anywhere in the wild, I'm not doing a good enough job. This wraps up our episode. Shout out to Slobo.eth for joining us today and diving into the world of namespaces. As always, shout out to our sponsor, Boardroom, for supporting this podcast. You can catch all related Boardroom links in the show notes.